It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome on into the Utah Blockcast. Man, it's good to be back with you guys. We are in full swing with Spring Ball. We just wrapped up week one up at uh, up at Spring Ball. We had Pro Day, so plenty to talk about. Brian, you're back in the saddle. How are you, man? I'm great, man. There is no better day of my week than Monday night. And yes, I'm, I'm separating that from the rest of my Monday because the rest <laughs> of my Monday doesn't have Steve Bartle just glowing illuminating on my screen how can like sunrise sunset i can't buy steve bartle appearances <laughs> you're too kind brian you're too kind but the people can't That's see it so they don't know what you're talking about i just have some really what? bright computer screens is all it is uh <laughs> yeah steve's made like you want to talk about like improvements like new year's resolutions steve's steve's literal like glow up for his setup man <laughs> I wish, yeah, I wish the people could see it. I've I've worked hard to uh, to get the recording studio up to up to snuff. It's not what it was in Cam's basement, but <laughs> my own little personal setup is. You know, we're getting there. We're putting in work. A new home will do that for you. So, um, but man, Brian is going to be back with you. Uh, the last episode we did, we uh, went on and on and on about heights and weights. I don't think I've talked about heights and weights in like that uh ever <laughs> so it was uh it was a lot of fun to go through the roster on the last one and and uh and just talk about and speculate about guys on the team and so it was fun and so you know now that spring ball is back we actually have topics that we can maybe dive into uh which uh which will be fun which will be good which will be we're really, not really going to talk. Hope. Yeah, the whole episode is not going to be heights and weights, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> and for the uh, all sixteen of you who actually stuck it out for the entire podcast, shout out to y'all. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and sorry. This is your reward. Good shout out. <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy you. A, I'll buy you a Coke one of these days. Yeah, let us know where you're at. We'll buy you a Coke, a Diet Coke, Coke Zero, probably because I'm. Uh, addict now. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm glad you converted. That's a big move. It is. I feel like an adult now. <laughs> all grown up. I'm all grown up. I got You're my office. sitting in the and basement. My, yeah. My my Coke Zero, and I'm I'm an adult now. I uh, do my has, taxes. Has Mountain Dew sent you like the breakup playlist yet? The uh, the we miss you. No, no. Mm. I'm I'm so much of an adult that you know breakups don't even phase me anymore. Yeah, Ooh, okay. no, no regret, no, no regrets, no regrets. <laughs> Anyways, Brian, let's get into this, man. Uh, but before we do, we obviously we we have a message from our our good friend, sponsor of the show, Podfather, and uh, our buddy Britton Covey. So let's get to that first before we dive into uh, into this episode. Hey guys, Britton Covey here. As my long time at the University of Utah is coming to a close, it's time for me to start thinking about my future. There's no one I trust more than Andrew McCullough at the firm of Brindley Sullivan for my estate planning needs. Give his office a call to set up a free consultation at 435-673-9220. Andrew's firm is headquartered in St. George, but he spends plenty of time along the Wasatch Front taking care of his needs. So call him and tell him that Britton Covey sent you. More info at TrustYourTrust.com. All right, and appreciate Britton Covey and Andrew McCullough, the team down there and in Salt Lake, Brindley Sullivan, for sponsoring the show. As always, um, on this episode, we're going to give our thoughts on week one of spring ball. We'll highlight a couple players in Jalen Glover and Van Fillinger. We'll continue the conversation about spring ball, talking about what week one is about and what maybe – week two is going to look like what it's going to be about and what coaches might be looking for in week two. Uh, one thing that we're excited to do and incorporate more of is at Ute zone. We have, we have this thing called the mod squad, AKA 
Bartles Angels. We have a group of mods that do a great job on the Ute Zone boards. And if you're a subscriber, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, uh, it's uh, it's a little round table of sorts that they put together. And uh, one topic we want to bring here is what position group has the most approved this spring. Who came up with that. Bartles Angels? That's glorious. I'm pretty sure it was Boomer. Like okay, he's, yeah, that makes he's sense. Br- like like it could have been Jordan, it could have been yeah. Brian, like it could have been Stu. Maybe not Stu, but it could have been Stu. Could have been Stu. Yeah, I I can say that because I know Stu. Stu is, is the tech guru of the crew. He is. Shout yes. out to Stu. Uh, <laughs> Boomer is definitely the. Uh, if we had to categorize each one of them as an angel, I couldn't do it because I actually haven't seen Charlie's Angels in forever. Um, but uh, Boomer seems like the idea part of the crew. I just yes. want to, like, every time we have a meeting with them from now on, I just want you to go, hello, angels. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll roll with that one. Bartles Angels, they are quite the angelic presence yeah. to me on that, uh, on the Ute Zone board. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the show talking about two commitments that Utah picked up over the weekend, Mac Howard and Clayton Isbell. Uh, so we're, uh, we're pretty excited about those two, and we'll talk about them. But Brian, man. Uh, just real quick, thoughts from spring one from from week one of spring ball. First week of spring ball, we saw nothing, right? Because we couldn't actually see practice. Right. But the good news is we did get to see faces, right? And I think you yes. and I spent way too much time analyzing numbers on a sheet and a page, and I don't know that those numbers uh, necessarily reflected what we saw once guys started to show up on the field, right? Um, you know, the other part of it too, uh, we saw, um, who Utah rolled out to talk to from the get go. And there weren't a whole lot of surprises with that. Uh, we saw, um, uh, we saw a a lot of pictures of Cam rising throwing footballs. I think that's got to get people excited. Um, but most of all, we saw that this, you know, this team that's kind of been, I don't want to say off the radar, but like kind of moving in silence has just been doing the same thing that they've always done. And that's working. Yeah, no, I think that's such a good point, Brian. Like this team is just so about like the work. Every time you talk to these guys, it's just like, we've still got work to do. The The work's not finished. We're not a finished product. We've got la 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 la. Like, it's just like, man, like just to, like, do you guys, can you like tell us like you enjoyed the championship at all? The the trip to the Rose Bowl? Like, could you just like let it let it ride for a little bit? But no, it's like these guys are, you know, just so about getting back to work and putting in the work for next season. And so it's been pretty cool to listen to, you know, the guys that have been here for a while, you know, talking about Brant Keithy, uh, talking to um some of the other guys. Cameron Rising, obviously, Tavion Thomas, and what he did last year. But just listening to those guys talk about it, but then also hearing from the new guys and the fresh faces on the team and hearing them kind of talk about the the willingness to, to, I guess, buy into that as well, you know, where they're just here to contribute in any way that they can. I talked to, to Justin Medlock on Thursday, and he just talked about – you know, whatever is asked of me, like I'm here to do it and I'm here to play it. Jalen Glover um, is, and we can talk about him. We're going to talk about him, uh, you know, pretty extensively here, but he's, he was a guy where I spent probably four or five minutes talking to him, interviewing him on Tuesday. And man, first, let me tell you, like the dude is an absolute unit. Like <laughs> He is built. I wasn't quite sure where you're going to take that because the dude is a lot of things, right? He's, uh, yeah. uh, you know, a baller athlete. He is definitely, you know, a chunk of granite or marble in human form. He's also an excellent promoter. He is a strong Shout out to schnitzel. Yeah, strong personality presence. Uh, you know, I think he's got some some swagger, some some charisma. Char- charisma. He's got a little bit of that. Yeah. So there's a lot of directions you can go in, but also. Uh, he's a guy that we really got to start talking about, right? Already. Already. Yeah, no, already. Like, it's crazy. Um, (laughs) It's funny. Uh, So, so seeing him in person for the first time, you get a, you get a look at what he looks like. And man, 
Like he posted some pictures from practice over the weekend, I think on Saturday. You know, there's one where you get a good look at those quads on him. And let me tell you, man, that's Quadzilla. Like he, like, and I'm just, <laughs> it's crazy how this kid is built, how he's constructed as a true freshman and what he came into the program looking like. And it's, I've talked to, we've, we've heard from a couple people. It's looking good. You know, Kyle Whittingham, I don't want to say raved about him, but gave him a a shout out day one that, you know, he looks good. Uh, Admitted that he put, he put the ball on the deck one time Uh, and credit to Jalen Glover. He also talked about that and addressed that and talked about how disappointed he was in that. But I think, you know, I, (laughs) I put it out there on Twitter. I, uh, I'm, I'm planting my flag on Jalen Glover Island. Like I, I am there already uh, through week one of spring ball. I'm absolutely there. Yeah, I you you didn't have to, you know, like report anything from me to get on board with that as well. Um, I've seen the highlights, and and it's such a weird. I don't want to say coincidence or parallel, whatever it is, um, but he is really a very fascinating combination of Zach Moss and, and Ty Jordan, how he moves, his running style. He has that forward momentum, that that almost gravity, I think, as a running back to where, excuse me, where he creates uh, his own momentum, and, and it's really hard to stop him when he's out, just out you know, running, and he is built exactly in the mold that Utah loves their running backs. And so yeah. I think that's going to be the really interesting part about his, as he's already here showing up doing the things that he's supposed to do, how does Tavion Thomas respond to that, right? Because Tavion is the big dog in, in, in terms of, you know, what he was able to do last year, set the, the touchdown record, you know, really had a, a breakout season in a lot of ways, um, but wasn't, you know, wasn't, consistent throughout the year right he kind of ramped up towards the end didn't get a, a full off-season start um you know running backs don't have to know quite as much when it comes to playbooks and things like that their role right. is pretty simple it's take handoff run downhill score right. touchdown right and i think they like it that way but he does have nuances to his games that he still has to develop how does Jalen push that you know, I think Davion yeah. comes across as a pretty well-motivated guy, but I think it's always good to have somebody that's just right there pushing you to be better. You know, not only Tavion, but the rest of the group as well, right? Like Makai Bernard, he's going to get better because Jalen is here. Ricky Parks, he's going to get better because Jalen is here. Chris Curry, all of these guys are going to benefit from uh, Jalen being here. Tavion coming back, obviously, um, and what he's able to do, like when you bring in a talent like Jalen, we're already talking about him, like he's the guy, and he's he's not. Like let's let's be clear, this is still Tavion's room. <laughs> this is still you know his backfield. Like he is the guy. Makai Bernard is still RB two, um, but man, Jalen Glover, uh, like you said, Brian, the way that he's built and constructed, he's built like how Utah likes their running backs, <clears throat> shorter stature you know, bigger, it provides them that low center of gravity, right? The ability yep. to make explosive cuts despite their size. He's got good athleticism. Um, so really, really excited to actually see what Jalen Glover uh, looks like on the field in a Utah uniform. You know, you can watch film all you want, but actually seeing it, you know, in person, um, you know, at Rice Eccles Stadium at practices, if we could ever watch those, like, it's just a different feel, a different vibe. So certainly excited for Jalen Glover. Uh, what we've heard on him uh, through week one, uh, certainly excited. It's only adding to the excitement for sure. So excited about him. And then another guy that I wanted to talk about was Van Fillinger. Um, <laughs> we we talked about him in the last episode. He's dropped weight. He's down to 250. And, you know, seeing him in person on Thursday, it's made a difference. Like he looks uh, lean. For a defensive end, like looking as lean as you can, as as Van does, like he's not like super lean. You know, like this guy is just a freak in the weight room, but he looks a lot better, and I I'm excited to see what and how that's going to benefit his game as a pass rusher, as a defensive end. But he certainly has put in the work with his diet uh, to drop the weight and get down to uh, a weight that will best serve him getting after the pass rusher. Or getting yeah. after the passer. 
we might have to go from Van Fillinger to Van Feeling Good because he's got me feeling some type of way right now, Steve. Uh, we <laughs> talked about it. Like somebody has to. I never know if I need I to keep going it. or if I need to let I the laugh it. play out. <laughs> like, nope. I loved it. Um, but like, like, and maybe it's Doctor Feel Good. I don't know. He's rocking the '80s mullet. Whatever it is, like the Vanimal is 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 engaged, right? And and we've talked about a little bit with him and in conversations and whatnot. You know, freshman year was not normal coming right. into a COVID season. Um, everything that that team had to deal with. He's really not had a really solid foundation to start off of and and i think you know he came in as an extremely strong you know very heralded recruit uh kind of i don't, I don't want to say was slow to engage it just he had five games as a freshman you know what i mean but by the end of the season last year he was looking like a veteran and and we love to talk about rushing the passer right utah is sack lake right. city at, at some point we're gonna have mayoral elections you may or may not see an article out of one of us about that Who's to say? <laughs> but the bigger issue with the University of Utah is, is run defense. And yes. that's where he became elite in my eyes as a defender. I can remember just, you know, there are certain things that just get burned in my head. Sitting in the press box for the press uh, for the Pac-12 championship game, watching him and how he defended the edge. And it was something that, you know, in years past where Utah didn't have a Mika Tafua, they didn't have a Bradley Anai, they didn't have you know, some of these elite defensive ends, it was really easy for an, a, an athletic quarterback to get outside on a zone read or, or whatever it was. You can't do that on Van, and I think that's going to serve him extremely well. He's it, it, The angles that he's taking when he plays, how he contains his pursuit, all that kind of stuff, he looks like a guy that's playing confidently and now coming into camp with a body that is lean, it is strong, it is powerful, it's explosive. Um, that's just going to help him, and I think, Really, that's a lot of what this program is all about, right? We want to see guys come in and have instant impact, but really what you want is by year two, year three, to see these dudes be like, whoa, he looks like yeah. a totally different player. Yeah, you want to see that development, right? Like Kyle Whittingham still harps on it. You know, as as much as he talks about the importance of recruiting, he still calls Utah a player development program. And so, you know, seeing that, over over the span of two to three years with these guys, like you want to see that. And I think we really saw Van progress over the season. And you know, I talking to him on Thursday, you know, he talked about that those those games coming down the stretch in November and the big games that they played as kind of the games where he f finally started to really settle in. And I, I asked him about, you know, playing with more confidence and I thought it was just going to be him talking about you know I finally feel you know confident in my abilities I really the game started to slow down you know I was just feeling better about my game he took it in a in a direction I wasn't expecting he talked about technique and how when you when you play with better technique that's going to feed into playing confidently and vice you know and the two go hand in hand together is and so, you know, he's a kid where he's got all the physical tools, the athleticism that you want, um, but he gets it. He understands that, you know, he can't just be the biggest, baddest dude out there. He still has to play the game the right way. There's still that respect for the game. When when Van talks about playing, you know, at a, at a more confident level, it comes back to his development and playing with proper technique. So uh, I'm excited from that perspective. And what's crazy about Van, you know, with Gabe Reed not getting here until the summer, he's the elder statesman in the room. How crazy is that? He's the oldest guy in the room, basically. Well, so, I mean, the most experienced, right? He's the leader. Right, but right. he's been in that role before. Um, you know, at Corner Canyon, he was – in a lot of respects, the the young leader of that team, even as a junior and then as a senior, it was without a doubt his team. Um, you know, I think just everything that he did, how he played, all that kind of stuff. For a lot of times, they were just looking for looking to him to make plays at the end of games. Um, you know, they had players and talent out there. It's I'm not trying to say that you know they weren't stacked, but he was the guy that was out there doing it. And in a lot of ways, he's now in that role in the defense. But I think the nice part about that is it's just. You know, the guys that are coming along with him are also guys that have that kind of natural leadership ability. You know, I, I, Jonah Ellis, man, I, I was yeah. excited about him coming in. 
Um, you know, I was excited when we saw some gains on him and like, and looking at some of the practice clips that, that we get sent, like you can see that he's getting, he, he getting kind of thick. He's not, he's not thick. He, he kind of thick, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. not, 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 not thick, thick, but thick. anyways, thick. <laughs> um, but he's a guy that grew up in the shadow of a famous father and you just kind of learn naturally from being around that how you do, how to conduct yourself. I think we see it a lot with professional athletes nowadays where it's like uh, these dudes that grew up around professional sports are, are just so much better prepared for everything, you know. And, and so yep. Jonah's going to be a big aspect of that. Um, I think, you know, Mickey Sungutaronga is a guy that I've just – we've talked about constantly, constantly, constantly. I think now is a great opportunity for him to step forward. You know, you got like it's hard because you've got edges and you've got DTs, you know, so like Dev Kafusi is going to be a leader in the room for the defensive line. But it's also kind of not right. Like he's not a full time edge guy. So it is Vans. It is Vans. You know, it's Vans show. And, and, you know, as Vans go, he'll have to go far. (laughs) (laughs) I was (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure where I was going with that one. Yeah, either. yeah I wasn't sure where you were going with that either. But all I can say know, is like, load the van up and let's go because we got to make it. Go. To, we got to make it to LA by January. Yes, sir. Um, you know, you talked about Jonah Ellis. It's six three. He's up to two forty, up to two forty five, maybe. Um, they they uh, they brought Connor O'Toole over from the offensive side. He's now a defensive end. Word is he's hovering around two forty, two forty five as well. And both of these guys are are dudes with very good athleticism. So, um, Brian, you talked about growing up the son of a, a famous you know NFL player. Um, it's 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 more than just that, right? Like he had brothers that have all played college, and some are now playing in the NFL, and so competing against that, right? Every every day, essentially. Uh, is certainly something that's going to to benefit him, and I'm I'm sure he's he's chomping at the bit to to get after it this spring and kind of showcase his progress. But you know it'll be interesting to see what happens with defensive end during spring ball. Um, obviously, when we say it'll be interesting to see, you know, we, you know, you guys know what we're saying, but it'll it'll just kind of be um, intriguing to follow what happens at defensive end, who steps up, who gets the uh, the commentary. Uh, the good commentary versus, you know, the bad commentary, sort of say, mm-hmm. which kind of leads us into the next topic. You know, week one is just kind of like getting back into the flow of things, right, Brian? Mm-hmm. Kind of getting a feel for things. What are we looking for going into week two? What are coaches looking for going into week two of spring ball? Well, you know, the the big part about spring practices and everything like that is that there's the uh, – acclimatization period um, which has increased from five to seven days right so that's the limits on number of full contact practices uh, no cons- no more than two consecutive full contact practices in a week no more than 75 minutes of full contact action during any practice session and no more than two scrimmages in the preseason right so these are all things that have changed in in recent years and so that's why this week is helmets and shorts you know we used to call it uh Helmets, I think it's just helmets only. Shells, do we call it shells? Shells, shells are no, no, yeah. So shells, and then um, so I think shells are are with shoulder pads, and then you're obviously fully plat- padded. By the point, the sh- by the time the shoulder pads come on, nothing really changes. I mean, it's not a huge difference. Um, other than it's just one more piece of equipment you have to put on that feels you know a little too tight at times. Um, <laughs> maybe that's just alignment in me, but I think. What it is now is you've had a chance to get your new guys acclimated. They're kind of getting familiar with how the practice flow is, right? And and that's a big deal because for guys like Lander Barton, uh, for for guys like Justin Medlock who are looking to step into a role and replace, in essence, legends on the defensive side of the football in, in Nephi Sewell and, and Devin Lloyd, it's going to be very different from what you did in high school. Um, you're not stepping into the same system. You're not – you know, coming out directly from, you know, gym class or whatever it was that you had in, in seventh period or eighth period. And so that first week is about getting guys familiar. Now, as a coach, buckle the chin strap because we are coming fully loaded to see what you got. Okay. Let's go. I want it balls to the wall for the entire week. Now, granted, it's spring period, right? So we're going to spend a lot of time 
teaching and, and, and talking and working through things. And it's going to be fun and casual and open and nobody's going to be, you know, on edge by comparison to how it is in the fall. You're probably not going to get a whole lot of, uh, that's good ish from Sharif, <laughs> um, you know, at, at volume at, at 120 decibels. Your, your periods are going to be different now too, right? You're going to be working heavy with, you know, individual and heavy on technique, like, like Van was talking about, especially with all these young guys that are going to be stepping into roles. And Utah is kind of a, in a weird spot, right? Because, like, they have depth, but they kind of don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like there's guys on the roster, but, like, we don't really know if those guys are going to step in and, and be game day players and all that kind of stuff. So what's going to happen is that you're going to have these team periods and seven on seven and nine on seven, you know, and, and group sessions where it's the atmosphere is going to ramp up and it's going to be intense and they're going to want to push guys and see how they react. You know, you're going to probably, if you're Morgan Scally, you know, maybe there's a rule that like, we're not doing blitzes till week two or three, he's going to throw a blitz in there. You know what I mean? And Jim Harding's <laughs> going to throw his clipboard clipboard and, and, and swear at Morgan. Cause we haven't worked on that yet. Let's pick up. But that's how it's going to be. You're going to be pushed and pressured um, in a way that's like um, meant to kind of evaluate. Okay, so we gave it to you easy. Where do you step up from here? No, I like that. I like that a lot, and I think it's it's. Uh, I think it, you're you're spot on there. Where you know you're gonna th- you're gonna throw things in there to to throw guys off and mm-hmm. to to see yes. how they react, right? Like. Week one is all kind of like okay, cool. You're getting into it. You're you're doing good, but now is when you start to kind of mix things up uh, yeah. and and see how how players react. I uh, it's you know you talked about the depth, Brian, and how important it is for guys that clearly provide depth. But we just don't know much about them, right? Like this week, next week, and and the rest. I mean. This week and next week, really, um, is going to be like kind of the opportunity for these guys to start to really kind of showcase their progress and showcase where they're at in the game, to showcase how much more comfortable they are with assignments and responsibilities and playing the game the right way. This is where we start to see a lot of the work in the offseason come together. This is where we see, you know, I guess a, a sorting out of sorts. We start to learn more about these guys. Are you calling week two the sorting hat of Utah spring ball, Steve? (laughs) Are we in sorting hat week? (laughs) I might be. Uh, I like that. Uh, Mm. And so, What house are you going to be in? Are you going to be in house first team, second team? (laughs) House house injury pit? (laughs) And uh, and so, yeah, like just don't be house uh, house slithering your way out of here. House looking for the transfer portal because you're not going to be playing here. Uh, house house exit strategy. Puff your way over to the sidelines. <laughs> house, house slither into the uh, exit because you're uh, not uh, not uh, not uh, not not going to be playing here anymore. Um, house I think you make Raven it... Claw your way up the depth chart. Oh, House uh, Griffin Door is opening for you to see some playing time. <laughs> but I think you know. A good example of this that just popped in my mind is is Koli Fayu, right? Like, I think that's a guy that really has an opportunity to make an impact in spring, right? We have the idea that Paul Miley is likely going to be the starter, but you have to have a backup there, right? And and so you have to have someone at the center position. He's a guy that's been in the program, has some heralded recruiting stuff, and and us being recruiting guys, like sometimes we maybe contribute to that a little bit too much because we hear and watch these guys and we get really excited about them, but we also know, like, okay – He's going to get on campus and everything's going to change. And this is really, like you said, the sorting week where some of those guys are going to want to step forward. You know what I mean? And I think the bigger part of it, too, is that, like, if you're a coach, this is your first litmus test, right, For, for guys that have come in. You've given them a first week where it's kind of a little bit lower speed, a little bit more low key. Who got in there and got better that first week? Who got in their playbook? Who got studying? You know, who is catching on? A lot of that is, you know, some of it is just being a player, right? Like like guys who just naturally catch on, smart, all that kind of stuff. But I think a good example of it, too, is Devin Lloyd. He's a dude that was always, always, always studying. Studying is so important. Just, it's so important. Um, speaking of studying, 
<laughs> did you study for the mod squad debate on this one, Brian? <laughs> we uh, so at Udzone, you guys have have come to our subscribers anyway. Members of our board have come to enjoy these roundtables of sorts that are group of mods that we have on the site, like we were talking about earlier, Curtis, uh, Brian, Jordan, and Stu. Uh, they do a great job of moderating at Udzone, and they've provided uh, this little roundtable for some discussion. It's provided and sparked some good discussion, and one of the questions we wanted to bring to the show in honor of the Mod Squad uh, was what position group has the most to prove this spring? Brian? The floor is mine. Um, the floor is I, yours. See, this is like if it were sorting week and I just struggled through it and I didn't have an answer, um, <laughs> I would be, you know, huffle-puffing my way on out of this podcast. But <laughs> the good news is I did do my prep. Uh, and, and really, I think um, it, it's it's one that just has been stuck in my mind. Um for a while now uh and it's the linebacking core i think mm. it's and, and it's it's twofold one i think you've got some new guys that are coming in that have that we've heard some really really great things about um i think this is a position group that under colton swan has really leapt forward like it's not a step like they went full on you know long jump in terms of what he's done in terms of their production how they stand out how they play how they recruit the position there's a lot of guys in that room already that bring a lot of talent. Mo Diabate coming in as a transfer. How does he adapt to this system, right? You know, how do they use him? Does he become a package guy or is he, every, is he an every down linebacker? You know, Justin Medlock, Lander Barton. Lander Barton's coming in at 6'4 now. And you watch the, again, watching the practice highlights that they send us, which I got to be honest, Steve, I'm going to take a little sidebar here. One of the practices is literally Brant Keithy running from one drill to the other, looking at the where to throw the football. <laughs> I need better. Come on. I need better. I'm sorry. I love Brand, and he looks great. That uniform looks supreme. I need a better clip than that. I don't, don't yeah, want to see him transitioning clips. from drills. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, like Lander looks like a giant out there. He looks. <laughs> he looks like in a an good NFL way, linebacker. in a very good way. Like it's yeah. scary how good yeah. he looks. Yeah, he does. And he looks natural too. He looks natural. He looks comfortable. All these kinds of things. Now, how's that going to go in practice and, and everything like that? We're not going through the checklist and everything like that on terms of, in terms of him getting the calls right. But this is a group that's been a strength at Utah for a long time now. And, um, you know, has all this recruiting and effort that they put into it, has it paid off in terms of guys establishing spots and finding the field? You know, Nephi Sewell was not exactly a heralded recruit, and he stepped into that position and just knocked everybody out. So that's one thing where I'm just like, okay, like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Cardinal and Reed, same thing, right? Like, he's ask, a walk-on, yeah. you know, that was originally going to Utah State, and he comes in and steps in the spring ball, and everybody's like, this guy's really good. Yeah. Where'd he come from? Who's his brother? Why is he here? Right? <laughs> Hayden Fury, another guy that, you know, you another can talk guy. about. Yeah. You know, like, so So what's going on here? Is it that, like, you know, these walk-ons are really that badass? Or is it, you know, that just that, like, there are guys that are working at different speeds? You know, is it that this new f influx of talent is just taking some time to get there? Is it the injury stuff with the Calverts? Yeah. A lot of questions, are the man. Like, yeah, like, there's certainly <laughs> things to prove. Each and every player in the linebacker room has something to prove. And I think that that's such a good point. Like, obviously, Lander needs to come in and prove that, you know, he's the real deal. Uh, Justin Medlock, same kind of thing. Prove that he's the real deal. Um, Muamu Diabate, uh, you know, proving that his decision to come to Utah was was worth it. So, yeah, there's certainly a lot to prove. Hayden Fury, Karini Reed, like proving that Utah's belief in them as walk-ons, putting them ahead of, you know, maybe some heralded recruits uh, in terms of playing time on the field proving them right you know like there's there's a a lot uh to prove in that that linebacker room and so that was a a, a a group that i think we've all kind of pegged as the group that obviously has the most to prove but one group that i think is the dark horse here can i have a dark horse most to prove group uh it's the safety position um you know as much as we talk about utah needing to replace two starters at linebacker uh, Utah also has to 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 replace two starting safeties um, as well, 
And so that's, you know, that's 1,300 snaps between the two of Vontae Davis and Brandon McKinney. There's plenty to prove. And I think a lot of people kind of look at Cole Bishop as a penciled-in starter. And while he had brilliant flashes, you know, he still has to prove that the consistency is there in his level of play, that the the lows aren't too low, that the mistakes are are uh, have been lessened. You know that he's been that just again just proving that he's going to be a more consistent player. Who's going to be the other guy at safety, or is it going to be Kamoi Latu? Is it going to be R.J. Hubert? Obviously, we've we've heard a lot about R.J. Hubert over the last few years. He has to prove that he can stay healthy, and, and Utah has to help him prove that. You know, and and so Kamoi Latu came in as a as a recruit in that 2020 class, right? He was a 2020 guy. Pretty sure he was with Clark Phillips and that group. Um, mm-hmm. He's had a couple years now. We've seen some brilliant flashes. I think it was his game, his performance against USC, where he was named freshman of the week in the Pac-12. So he clearly has the the bright moments, but he's got to prove that he can, he's taking a step forward in his game. Um, you know, and then the guys behind him, you know, we were talking about depth and we, we know that Utah has, has some bodies at safety, but who is going to provide the depth? Is it going to be the true freshman Sione Vake? Is it going to be a guy that switched positions halfway through the season last year and Bryson Reeves? Um, is it going to be blue Stewart, a, a freshman last year came in with that group, the 2021 group, Ethan Calvert in that group, is he showing progress? So there's a lot to prove in this safety room. And, you know, and so I think I'm most fascinated by the safety group just because there aren't the heralded, the high four-star type kids in the room like there is at linebacker with Lander, with Justin, with Carson, with Ethan Calvert, and the rest of the group. Like who is going to step up under Morgan Scally and prove that they can, you know, be starters or be contributors in some way? There's a lot to that discussion, too, because I think when we think of Cole Bishop, we saw the, the the way that he played, the plays that he made in a certain situation. And I think the one notation to make is really what Utah did is they adjusted a lot of their scheme to that cowboy package. Uh, you know, as much as we'd love to talk about Harry Potter and, and how, you know, Cole and Kamoy need to expel Yarmus the mistakes out of their, you know, out of their grasp. Um like we that are... cowboy package is another th- <laughs> that cowboy package is another theme of the off season for me because I think <laughs> a lot of it you know like they're this is the new wand from Ollivanders. I'm really dipping into it here. I have <laughs> fully into it fully so fully expose myself as a Harry Potter nerd. But this is the bottom line, right? This is a team that has been traditionally an even front defense, okay? And even at times, they've tried to go odd front with five down linemen, you know, trying to prove a point. And we've joked about this is going to be just an offense of defensive tackles and or an offense of tight ends and a defense of the linebackers. Well, they are trending somewhat in that direction with the way that they play that Cowboy package. And the bottom line is this. Cole Bishop fits perfectly as that third safety. You know, because he can play up in the line of scrimmage, like he can play out in coverage. It makes his responsibilities a lot like simpler in, in how he, you know, how he can play and kind of lets him just take his instincts over. Now, has he evolved enough and learned enough to where they don't have to do that as much? They can just put him back there at one of those safety positions. Has Kamoy Latu gotten his emotions under control? And and I love the energy and the, the fire that he plays with. So I don't want it completely under control, right? What I don't want is you trying to headhunt a dude in the end zone and getting kicked out of a game because as long as the targeting penalty is there, that's going to be a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying that he ever did that this year, but there may, may or may not have been a play where it was questionable. <clears throat> Those are the kinds of things that I look at with that position group. You know, Zamaya Vaughn moving over there. How healthy is Zamaya? Is that a good move for him? He did so well at cornerback. Is that going to be a good thing for him? And, and, and like you said, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of question marks with that group. And, and look, Scally's always going to have somebody ready to go. And if not, you know, there's somebody that out there that he'll go find that will come and step in. No, I th- Brian, that's it's such a fascinating conversation when you talk about some of these individuals and then talking about the scheme and how things can change because, you know, I think a lot of us always just kind of view Utah as the four, two, five defense. And like, that's what it is. 
like like you're so locked into four two five with a with a nickel defender. But what Utah has with all of this depth, they have versatility, they have options in how they can, you know, match up with defenses. You talked about the cowboy package, having three safeties on the field and having, you know, three defensive linemen, five defensive linemen at times. Um, but that's kind of the exciting thing about having this depth and having these options. Guys need to prove that they're capable of executing when called upon. I think that's kind of the, the main thing of a spring ball is getting an idea of who could do that in fall where, and then fall is where you see guys really kind of solidify their, their status. Um, but I think that's kind of the exciting thing when you're talking about this defense and having to replace certain guys, right? Like having a guy like Lander Barton and Muamud Diabate on the field, potentially at the same time, you have two guys that are capable pass rushers that can blitz from the middle of the field, can rush from off the edge. What that does for you and what you're able to do with certain things, having a guy like Gabe Reed and Jonah Ellis, maybe Connor O'Toole at defensive end and the versatility that they offer – you know, as as typical, you know, defensive lineman with a hand in the dirt. Maybe you drop them into to coverage, and you know, you blitz, you replace them with Lander or Muamud. Um, the safety packages, right? And and you know, just to kind of transition into the next subject, they added Clayton Isbell, transfer safety from Illinois State, and you know, this is a guy that's you know, he's six foot two, two hundred twenty pounds. He's listed at almost the same size as these guys like Mumu Diabate and Lander Barton that are playing linebacker, and yet he's coming here to play safety. He's pretty good. He's he's you know he's capable in in deep coverage, and the versatility that he adds to the mix is super exciting in terms of what you can do with the other safeties in the room. And that's, you know, I think that's the uniqueness of what Utah has done in, in years past is they've never just settled, right? Like they haven't just sat back and said, oh, yeah, we're good. We'll develop. They're always on the lookout. I think you got to give a little like I just I have this feeling I don't have any information on this one, but there was probably a little assist from Kyle Brennan out there. He's the athletic director. He probably doesn't want to lose a kid like Illinois State. But as soon as he or, or, uh, use a, lose the kid like uh Clayton, you know, at a place like Illinois State. Um, but, you know, I'm sure as soon as he's in the portal, somebody gave him a phone call, says, what do you know about him? He's like, this is a Utah guy. And that's the bottom line. Like, he is a big physical dude. And he's not that elite, like, jump off the screen type speed, but he gets to his spot. And yeah. I think some of it is just because he is so large. Um, like, like, and maybe some of it is just that they're playing against dudes that are five, eight and five, nine, every time that they're in coverage, but he looks like he just towers over players, um, when he's playing for Illinois state. And I think that gives Utah a lot of options, right? So if you have him back there and he looks like Tevin Carter, that's that, that's the, that's the name that steps out, stands out in my mind. Um, and, and Carter was an elite athlete when he was healthy, he was just absolutely electric. And so that's a really promising picked up for Utah. I think it's another under the radar find where it's just like this is a guy that 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 wants to level up, level up. He clearly has the athletic ability. Go get him. You know what I mean? Right. And so it, I brought him up before you know properly ending that subject because I want to ask the listeners, you know, what group do you look at as the most approved? Who has the most approved? So I want to ask you know the listeners. Um, that are still tuned in to this point of the show with us. What position group in your mind has the most to prove this spring? Is it linebackers? Is it safeties? Is it another group? Is it wide receiver? Is it offensive line? Is it defensive line? So uh, would be curious to uh, to hear from you guys. Let us know. Tweet at us. Respond to us. Whatever it may be. Let us know who you think what position group has the most to prove. So with that said. I wanted to do that, and I forgot. I got so excited to talk about Clayton Isbell that I just I forgot to do that. But getting back to Isbell, I'm super excited about this. This is a guy, like I said, um, played the majority of his snaps at free safety, roughly 300 snaps to about 200 snaps playing in the box. So he's a versatile guy. Um, moves well, as you said. When I watched him, I got Vontae Davis vibes. Um because a similar thing, right? Like Vontae never looked f super fast, right? 
in how he moved, his strides, whatever it may have been, but he covered a lot of ground. Um, was he a center fielder, rangy type of single high safety? No, but very good in, in his halves. And uh, I think that's kind of the safety that you're you're getting here with Clayton Isbell. He's probably better suited in a cover two um, type of deep coverage, if that's going to be his responsibility. But he has the versatility to get there You know, from shorter uh, alignments. He can get deep. He can disguise things. He's that type of safety that will provide Scally a lot of versatility. Um, him coming to the program, to Utah, is just a, a great fit, um, in my opinion. On on just when you look at everything, the entire package, right? So he's coming here with two years of eligibility. So he's not a one and done, which is nice. You know, he's a guy that has a couple years here, but he's still only a two-year guy. With Nate Ritchie coming back, like he's going to be somebody that you want to get on the field almost as soon as he gets back from his mission, right? Um, he can't get back soon enough, too. Oh, man. <laughs> Can we have, like, something go on in New Hampshire, get him back home? Yeah, seriously. I mean, not really, but, like, maybe. Come on, maybe. Come on, please. Um, maybe he just misses football. Maybe. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's uh, – so so you have Isbell, and he's here for two years. He's gone after next season, and, and Nate Ritchie's able to come back in and kind of assume things um, like they were. Good fit in terms of scheme and what he's able to do and, and playing certain responsibilities, certain coverages. Very good fit there. He's a fit in terms of the personality and and persona and identity of Utah football and the Utah defense. You mentioned it, Brian. He's a physical guy. Um, he tackles. He brings. He packs a punch. Um, and just, a, just an overall really good fit. So... Love the fit with Isbell, and I think it's, I think it's important that I don't want to say it's important. Like obviously, it would be nice to have him here for spring ball, but with what he's accomplished at Illinois State, being a two-time All-American, and not showing up to, to Utah until this summer when he graduates, is it gives these younger guys all of the reps in spring ball. It allows these younger guys the opportunity to be coached up and to develop. And I think yeah. that's such a valuable thing for these young guys to where it betters the group as a whole. We can, I don't want to say we can count on Isbell to come in ready to go, obviously, because we don't know. But when you're a two-time All-American, you've kind of proven that you can play. And we learned last year, Brandon McKinney didn't show up until summertime, and he proved to be a guy that Utah could count on and lean on. So I think just in terms of everything, you, when you look at Isbell, what he's bring into the program as a player, the fit in terms of his eligibility when he arrives. Uh, it's just an ideal fit for Utah in so many different ways. Well, if I were to ask you, and, and going back through the conversation of the podcast so far, like what are the most important things to do within the first two years? It's, it's work on your technique, technique and understand the scheme, right? Right. Yeah. Like, so he's done that and you can see it on the film. You know, he is pretty technically sound. Um, I just, I'm watching it again, man. And he is so versatile. Like there's times where he's lining really up is. as a slot corner. Um, and, and some of that is just at the level that he's playing at, you know, and I don't want to knock those kids cause those kids ball out. And, and like, there's a lot of dudes that come from that level. Oh my gosh. I just watched him blitz. And, yeah. and like that's the thing. Like yeah. you watch, you watch it, and you're just like, okay, like, like, yeah, Morgan's gonna have to, you know, sand it down and and really polish it a little bit. But for the most part, the statue's kind of cut. Like he's got his David going on, um, you know. So there's not a whole lot of, of of like really the hard work that you have to do with him. And that's like you're talking about, man. Get the young guys developed. Give these guys the reps. This is why spring ball is so important. You know what I mean? This is why. Yeah. We obsessed over it for two reasons. One, because we're football junkies and we have to have it, and I can't go more than a few months without it. Um, two, because it is really, really critical for a developmental program, and Utah is always going to be a developmental program as long as Kyle Whittingham's the head coach, as long as whoever the next head coach is, they're always going to have to develop to a degree. I think Alabama is a developmental program, so every program should be one. That being said, like – it's really critical for these guys to get this development now because you're not going to get snaps in season. And, and, and as someone who took their biggest step as a player in spring ball, I can tell you that you are positioning yourself right now 
to either be ahead or behind when everybody else shows up in the fall and you want to be ahead. Um, I, so little, little experience first year snow college. I'm a walk on there, uh, practice squad, you know, like I'm, I'm a full blown taxi guy. Right. And we got our butts kicked every single day up until like the last two weeks of practice where like, we'd finally, you know, gotten to a point to where we could hold our own and snow college had one of the elite defenses in the nation. Um, I come into spring ball because we had a few good weeks at the end and I've got some confidence. A couple practices in, I'm stopping some dudes in one-on-ones. I know hey. what all the scheme is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, inside zone, I got this. Zone step. Get grouped. I'm like, All of a sudden, my double teams are getting movement. All of a sudden, it's really easy to feel when I need to slide off a double team and pick up the backer. All of a sudden, like these these relationships that I've had with these dudes that I've been practicing with all along that we're now getting in twos and threes, you know, as opposed to being bottom of the barrel, we're doing good things, right? Now I'm getting to work with the ones. Now I'm getting slid out to tackle a little bit. All these good things are happening in spring. I'm building all this confidence. What happens in the fall? Well, I'm still walking on. So depth chart drops and all the scholarship kids that are coming there first time are in front of me. I'm back to fourth string. But in my head, I'm like, there's no way that kid that's coming in right now has any clue what he's in for. And so I went out that first couple of weeks. Within a week, I'm back up to two on the depth chart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and look, <clears throat> at that point in time, like, injuries started to catch up with me. I was older playing in a game that, like, you really need to start out when you're young. And, 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 and you know, also, I was playing behind All-Americans, you know, like guys that went to, <laughs> to Cal and, and – Yeah, you were. <laughs> and everywhere, like, everywhere. Um, so, like, I, like, I was probably really at my – almost at my peak without, you know, investing way too much more time or my body into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was comfortable with that. I played a lot, you know, I got to start a couple games. It, it, it fed the itch that I had. Um, but that was the, you know, that was the trigger moment for me. It was that spring ball where, okay, all of a sudden I'm, I'm much more familiar with this. I'm playing against some of these dudes that are going to Texas A&M or, you know, wherever else all, our defensive line that I, Dude, this is how good the defensive line was my year at Snow. All four starters left after spring. They didn't even play in the fall. They left after spring to scholarship programs. So, like, that's what this whole – and we're really into the weeds on this spring ball thing from, you know, from Clayton (laughs) Isbell. But, like, (laughs) that's why you can go out and get a dude like him, right? Because you know this is what you're going to do in the spring. And and on the flip side of it, Isbell's been through all that. So – I think it's a great pickup. I'm excited about him. I think he's a great fit for the program. You talk a little bit about like the the cloud cover two coverage. Um, as I'm watching some of this, man, like his ability to do some things in coverage has me very curious. Oh yeah, no, like he can do some things. He can turn and run. He can flip his hips a little bit. Uh-huh. He can drive on the post. He can play some single high. He can play from cover one. Um, he's not going to be your every down. Cover high, like he's not Vontae, right? He's not. I think Vontae Davis really did hold things down. Like, and my goodness, if ever I had to backpedal on a dude, like I was out on him two years ago. Vontae, <laughs> shout out to you, man. You proved me wrong. I love it. Um, but you know, like you've got enough dudes that I think can play the post, right? Yeah. He's a dude that you can really move around. And again, we talk about that cowboy package. Oh yeah. You slide him down and low. Mm. Yeah, it's that versatility is nice. Um, so and. You know, you're you're talking about spring ball. It, um, where was I going with that? Um, it's nice to get things, you know, set in stone in spring. Uh, no, I was. Uh, I'm blinking. Um, anyways, <laughs> you. Hey, blinking. I'll just, I'll just roll with it. Um, Utah picked up another commitment over the weekend, and this one uh, is pretty exciting. Mac Howard, quarterback out of Mississippi, four-star kid, uh, played for Heritage, Heritage something program, and will now be playing at Oxford High School his senior season, which is a step up in competition. So it's basically like going from, I guess, 4A, 5A maybe, up to 6A. Um, so it'll be... Uh, that'll be good for him. But Mac Howard is a guy. Uh, this is this was Utah's top target at, at quarterback. Um, they were involved with three other quarterbacks primarily: Jabari Johnson, Mac Howard, and then uh, and then the kid from Florida that they just 
offered not too long ago, Marcus Stokes. Um, so, uh, you know, they bring Mac out for an unofficial visit and they take his commitment while the other two quarterbacks certainly had a lot of interest in Utah. Getting Mac Howard now is, is so valuable, right? You're able to get his voice added into your recruiting efforts, uh, get his presence, you know, in the class established and how valuable he's going to be moving forward. Man, it's super exciting to think what impact Mac Howard committing now. Um, you know, this is a guy from SEC country in Mississippi to pluck him um, now to get his commitment locked in now in March after just six months of recruiting him. And he was, he became your top target. Like that really says a lot about where Utah's at. I, you know, I, I know we love to play off the star rankings, and he is a four-star recruit. You know, his 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 average is ninety-one point nine one four seven. That's all well and good. Um, you know me, Steve. Numbers and I like they're we're estranged. Not, yeah, you, we're we're side eyeing each other. It's like it's like me and uh, it's me like Harry and Severus. You know where. <laughs> There are times where we work together, but I don't know that we really like each other. Um, but what I do love is I love to look at offer lists, right, and, and see who a guy has been offered by. And you look at this one, and it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, Houston, Dana Holgerson, who is someone that I absolutely I, – I know how Holgie looks. Like, I promise you, this is an offensive genius. This is one of those dudes that knows things, right? Um, you look at – an offer from Florida State, you know, that's a program or, or interest, I should say, from Florida State, right? That's a program that's coming um, hard on the recruiting trails. That's really looking to big and glow up to 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 grow up, improve, whatever. Glow up, grow yeah, up. Yeah, glow up. It's all the same. Probably more grow up than Florida State. Yeah. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Wisconsin. Like, those are names on there with, with people that in my mind are the kind of offensive minds that I want scouting guys. Right. And so I think that really, to me, it, it shows one, two thing, one of two things. One, Utah was in on it early. They knew what they had. They knew they needed to get this kid on board immediately and they got business accomplished Two, it. it we're going to see the same thing that happened with Nate Johnson happened to Mac Howard. It's just call my bluff. You know what I mean? If all these people were circling and starting to get him on board, it was coming, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think that to me is an even bigger, you know, and not to mention the film is great, right? Like, Oh like yeah. Watch the film. If you haven't. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and you know, six to one eighty five, he's that prototypical size that you and I are kind of starting to really, really love that six two six four. you know, it like has some room to grow into it a little bit. Um, and so I think <clears throat> one, well, it's twofold, right? I think this is a big one for Chad Bumpfus. Because this is, you know, him kind of going yes. out on the road and and getting a dude that really contributes to the program too. You're now creating a legacy at Utah. Of just what do we get at Utah? Four star quarterbacks, you know, like eat a uh, eat a sandwich. Isn't Gordon that crazy? Like that's crazy, right? Like they've now four of your five quarterbacks that had recruiting ratings, you know, that are guys that you uh, recruited are on scholarship. Bryson Barnes is the only guy that that isn't. Uh, on scholarship, but even Brandon Rose is a high-level three-star. Four of your five rated quarterbacks in the room were are four stars. Like that's crazy. And I know we're not four star, we're not stars, we're not hunting for stars. But it really says a lot about the talent in the room. Yeah. Again, it's the offer interest list, right? Like it's yes. all those programs that are sniffing around and looking at him. Like, and and here's the thing: if you're a team, if you're a team like Ole Miss, if you're a team like Florida State, like like you're trying to to get in on the on the high-end recruits, but also what you're really looking for are the program fits and the guys that you really like. And so they're doing the same thing that Utah is where they're trying to, like, you know, like show interest and, and love up Mac because they know as soon as he busts through that they can go in and, and, and have the edge against, you know, the Clemsons or the Alabamas or whoever else it is that might come in afterwards that has more cachet as a program. But also these are guys that know offense and develop quarterbacks. So it's like – Utah's done a really good job on this one. Uh, shout out to our buddy Tag Butler at 801 underscore Ute on Twitter who had this tweet, said teams that signed a four-star or higher QB in each of the past three classes. This is a decent list. Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Miami, Notre Dame, Georgia, LSU, and Utah. Yeah, that's pretty good company. 
Is that okay? That's pretty darn Can, can we live company. with that, Utah fans? Is that – we need to narrow, narrow that list down? Or are you are – we, <laughs> we okay being, you know, part of the Blue Blood group? You know, it, man. I think, you know – so it's just – this is – we we've been talking about when the recruiting bump would come, you know, from Utah's success. Yeah. It's arrived. Yeah. No, it, it really has. And, you know, one thing that I, I mentioned um, briefly was just – the amount of time that it took for this to come together, right? Utah only started recruiting him in November. Like, that's mm-hmm. what's crazy, right? It wasn't too long ago when Utah was recruiting the Jack Tuttles and the Peter Costellis, where it took two years of, of groundwork uh, just to be in the game with him as these other programs entered the equation for them uh, and they're able to secure their commitments. Like, we are past that. We are now to the point where four-star quarterbacks recognize Utah as a quality offense, as a quality offense for quarterbacks. Uh, and it's just an amazing evolution under Andy Ludwig and what he's been able to do. And really says a lot that, you know, he had two visits scheduled, one to Utah and one later on to Pitt. Uh, you look at what Pitt has done. They have Kenny Pickett likely going to be a, a first-round pick, and yet Mac <laughs> decides to go with to follow Cameron Rising uh, and what he's doing he, you know, I talked to him prior to his trip to Utah. You know, he, so he referenced Alex Smith and he referenced Cameron Rising as quarterbacks that he looked up to, and and modeled his game after. Uh, really, so really says a lot uh, about what Utah's doing on the recruiting trail. Kind of the benefits of the success that they've had. I know we want to see more quantity of four stars. But there are a lot of ways that their success on the field is translating um, on the trail. And this is one thing where you're seeing a guy that you just start recruiting six months later, you know, you're the favorite to, to lock him down. So uh, pretty impressive. He'll be joining a strong quarterback group, assuming everybody stays intact, obviously. And that's kind of something that you can – it's hard to count on. But when you look at the group following Cameron Rising, who is kind of expected to to leave after the season, um, you've got a you've got a good collection of talent in the next quarterback battle. So it'll be a lot of fun to see what shakes out over the next year, what Mac looks like his senior season, and that quarterback battle. You know, hopefully next spring because Cameron Rising has moved on to the NFL draft. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun for sure. I think they've done a good job with finding a variety of guys too. You know, you've got the yeah. elite athlete Nate Johnson. You've got the the fiery competitor, the fiery underdog, and Brandon Rose, who like, I mean, honestly, he could play QB at half the schools in the Pac-12. And you've got a guy in Mac Howard now who is, um, you know, I think once camp season and everything like that is done, he's going to be, you know, on the list for one of those mm-hmm. elite level quarterbacks. You just pocket presence, how he moves. He's an athlete. He's got a killer arm. You know, you're, you mentioned that he's going up a level in Mississippi. He'll have a chance to get guys, you know, as he goes through the camp circuit and everything like that, on board with coming to Utah. That's going to be a big deal. Um, and Utah's just going to continue to improve. You know, not all those guys are going to stay here. It's That's just the game. But the bigger part about it is that you're now a player in it. And like you said, in the matter of six months, you've gone from scouting, hunting, and, and closing uh, one of the better quarterback prospects, you know, two, three, four years ago, this would have been like, whoa. And everybody's like, yep, that's just what we do here. So So, pretty cool. So a lot of good things happening up up on the hill for Utah football. Obviously, spring ball will be back up there for media availability on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, And then obviously recruiting, they are just on a little bit of a – uh, a, a heater right now with what they're doing on the trail. So pretty exciting. And obviously our good buddy uh, dog has become the, uh, the quintessential bat signal for Utah recruiting, which is uh, always uh, fun to see. So shout out to dog and uh, and shout out to the listeners for tuning in, Brian, any, uh, any last thoughts before we put a bow on this thing? Enjoy yourselves a butter beer, everyone. I knew it was going to be Harry Potter. Uh, this has been the the, the Utah Broadcast. Signing off. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.